Welcome to another edition of Cloud Unfiltered. I'm your host, Michael Chenitz, and this is a special edition from KubeCon in Europe. And today we have a bunch, I should say a plethora of guests here. <laughs> That's probably a good word for it. And I'll let everybody introduce themselves because I am awful with names. So I'm just going to let everybody introduce themselves and then we'll start to talk about our subject, which is all about community. So let's let's start right here. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Whoa, whoa, yeah, let me move that. Let me move that. Whoa. It is water, folks. Still early. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, thank you. I'm Lisa Marie Amphi, known in the community as Lisa. And I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. I run Cloud Native Containers and also I'm a CNCF ambassador and also uh, developer relations at Cockroach Labs. Amazing. Lisa and I know each other from the Tel Aviv community. I run the DevOps Israel community, the cloud native and open source community, and a few other ones like Statscraft and other subsets of the DevOps community. I, uh, I have my own company, RTFM, please. Please do read the manual. Um, Sharon Zitzman. I didn't actually say my name. <laughs> and I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kim McMahon. I am leading our community and open source efforts at Cisco. Marketing, open source marketing, even though we shouldn't say marketing with open source, but that's another topic. Uh, and uh, prior to that was CNCF. So we worked with CNCF for a long time and excited to bring some community knowledge to everybody here. All right, uh, my name is Bart Farrell. I'm a CNCF ambassador. I'm from the Bay Area, but I live in Spain and I am a freelance consultant working on community and content creation in Spain as well as abroad, and also work with Open UK, um, international ambassador there, and love all things community, and Michael and I have already agreed to record a music video. Yeah, <laughs> that's, gonna be, that's gonna be the best thing that comes out of this. If anything comes out of it, it's gonna be just that music video, and, and we'll, we'll just, I don't, we'll have to figure out some kind of dance with it too, I think, I don't know. The, monster, the dance will just show up. If you know Bart, the dance will show and, up. And Sharon. Yeah. I'm in. So today, what we really want to talk about is community, because community is so dear to all of our hearts. And you know, we've all been in community. We all we've all worked for companies in community, um, and and there's several aspects of it that I think are really important. One of them, and I think we should start with, is first of all, how do you get involved? You know, there's there's so much of this fear of like fitting in, fear of joining something, fear of. You know, all, all these different fears. Everybody has fears about mm -hmm. things. And what we really want to do is, as a community, really embrace people and really try and figure out, like, why do they have these fears, which are rightful, and and how can we make it easier to kind of bring people in and, and not have not to be as to be as scared. So let's start with that. I mean, I don't know. There's so many people here. So mm -hmm. who wants to start? And, and maybe we'll start to discuss that a little bit. We can take it. Yeah, sure. um, and I'll also loop in Lisa <laughs> as part of my answer. Uh, Lisa and I met through the OpenStack community. And if, a lot of the things that I learned about doing community, right, I learned from uh, the folks that run community at OpenStack, today Open Infrastructure. Um, and one of the things that I learned from them very early on is about inclusivity and the big tent where everyone is welcome. Um, and that was one thing that I always appreciated about their approach to community. Until then, kind of, it always felt like you come and you do feel a little bit like an outsider and there's like this exclusive feel like you're not in the inner circle. And there, there was like really as like a core belief, like to include everyone. I learned a lot of things about how, even just how you stand in a circle and like the Pac-Man approach that there's always an open spot so what, people can feel- Pac-Man approach? Wait, explain the, that. I, I can't stop, you so, can't say Pac-Man approach. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> um, where oftentimes when you're like kind of in a community and you're meeting folks, you stand around in a circle and you close the circle. 
And there I learned about leaving kind of one spot open, which is the Pac-Man, uh, so that people can always feel welcome to join the circle and kind of take part in the community. And that's where I also got had the privilege of meeting Lisa, who is a, a very integral part of the OpenStack community. And, and it was really just that, uh, where they really made everyone feel welcome and they made sure that people could connect with people and network and, and be a part of something bigger than themselves. So I, I liked that a lot. Yeah, and that, and that was that was an amazing, vibrant community. I had the pleasure of running the first OpenStack user group out of the San Francisco Bay Area for many years. And, uh, and we did learn a lot. One of the early takeaways I remember is trying to make sure that everybody does feel included, including and especially if you're not one of the project maintainers or one of the coders, because when projects start, there's a lot of um, emphasis put on maintainers and people who are writing the code and people who are contributing upstream. Newsflash, everybody's contributing upstream, right? Whether you're writing the docs, which is always needed, whether you're running user groups, whatever you're doing, you are contributing, right? So this is a, a super, super important part of understanding that you have value to add to any community that you're joining, you have something to give and every community needs every type of talent. And that's where a lot of the diversity and inclusivity comes from. And if you don't do that deliberately from the beginning, it doesn't happen on its own. So be very mindful for that when you're starting a community and also when you're joining a community, know that you have a place, a purpose, and you should not be afraid to join. I love that. Yeah. yeah, and I think like the diversity and inclusivity that you all are, are talking about, it, we talk about diversity and inclusivity a lot, but we don't really dig down into what that means. And um, and that's where I'd like to take the opportunity to go down that next level is it it's about, uh, it's about the person do, uh, running the events. It's about the person doing the marketing. And one of the things that I've noticed and I've, I've been passionate about for years is looking at that contributor ladder put together by CNCF and Right now, you you can go up that ladder to be a maintainer if you are a code contributor. The Helm Project was one of the first projects that came out and looked at non-code contributors and promoted somebody up the ladder to maintainer, which is Karen Chu. And so I've been working with Catherine and the CNCF project I'm going to pick up post KubeCon to really build out that ladder and make and give people very specific definitions of if you run an event, if you're program managing something, you're program managing a marketing thing even, that you're still a contributor and very important to the project. So I think I really want to bring that level of talking about diversity, inclusivity down to specifics. Because oftentimes, or for me, I didn't see myself as that. So that's why I'm encouraging us to, to be talking about specific examples of those non-code people. I, I agree and, and also can very much relate to the crushing effects of imposter syndrome as a non-technical contributor. Um, and luckily, <laughs> Lisa is a driving force in getting me out of that. Um, funnily enough, getting uh, applying to, whether it's applying to become an ambassador, getting involved in different areas, I assumed that because of having a non-technical background that what can I possibly add here? So on the side of community is that and when what you're saying here is anticipate that people will feel alienated, that they will not get involved, that they're going to feel that they're out of place. And so if you anticipate that, then with what you said is that designing specific um, guidelines or opportunities and saying, you know, you can do this, you can correct typos in documents, you can translate. You know, they talked about the Cloud Native Glossary today, and I think it's now in nine languages. You know, there's lots oh, of, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. There are so many different ways to get involved, and whether it's organizing events, whether it's promoting events, so I think it's it's really important that anyone in community is making it very visible and transparent that everyone has something to offer and how can you plug them in and get them to their first 
community contribution as quickly as possible. So I think what you said, mm -hmm. like the contributor ladder in the same way in, in communities and also, like I said, for folks from underrepresented groups that they feel comfortable from the, from the very beginning, the onboarding process, is there a buddy system? Are there ambassadors who can make that easier? I think those are elements that, that I try to advocate for. And I think, like I said, I think we're lucky enough to be in a space where people are open to those ideas. And we see more and more, whether it's with you know CNCF students, or like I said, some of these other projects, but we can still do better. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that you know now, now that I hear you guys talk a little bit, it's almost like a, a two-way thing. We have to make them feel more comfortable, but then, you know, people that are kind of um, engaging with community have to make themselves realize what, what their comfort level is and then try and engage in the way that they feel comfortable too. So, so it's kind of like you have to match that up somehow. You know, you, you give a little, they, they, they figure out how to, and, it, and it's almost like a conversation that you're having through body language and through other things. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, and I always try and research this and, and try and figure out, because I, I really care. You know, to me, my biggest detriment in, in, in getting, you know, higher in corporations is that I care way too much about people. And I will <laughs> never step on people to, to, to get ahead. And it's just me. You know, that's just, I will never do that. It's, it's just something I do. And that's probably why I'm so passionate about community is because of that caring. You know, I really, 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 really care. And um, so, so the question really comes back to is how do we do that? And I know you mentioned it a little bit, but, but how, how do we actually break those barriers down? How do we really, really break them down so that, so that people can engage easier? And it's almost, I, I feel like it's like, an, going back to computing, it's almost like an API contract. You know, <laughs> here's what we're providing, here's, here's how you can engage, you know, <laughs> go that way. It's a gateway drug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you have to, first of all, you have to take a step back and really define what you mean by community, what type of community you're building. Because right now, we just talked about, interestingly enough, from four people who weren't writing code and, and contributing upstream, we were talking very much about uh, a community like contributing to the projects of the CNCF. But what, what we've done with the user group in the San Francisco Bay Area is we focus on the end user and the user stories. And we also focus on the operators and you know the training that it takes to get to that end user level. And what are you building with this cool technology? Mm -hmm. Because you can develop the coolest technology in the world, but then what, right? And and if you don't think about, okay, what what is it that, what is the goal of what I'm trying to do with this community? You're, you're not gonna be all that focused. So maybe you are trying to build a community where you are contributing code of stream to a project and we see a lot of examples of that but actually most of the communities that I think that we're trying to develop are communities that take the stories to the end users that showcase the end users and that grow the end user community and that's how your project is going to be successful mm -hmm. so if you define that up front then you'll have a lot more clear clarity about the how so I wanted to make sure we took a step yeah, back so, and thought so, about that. So let's talk about that. Is it end user community and then like contributor community? Are those the are those the main two communities, or or is there more in between? Way more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you can work for um, a, a project that is run by a foundation. You could also be developing a community for a project like the Docker or like the Puppet Camps in the early days, or you know, a project that is is not run by a foundation but still needs a lot of um, contributions and community to run all the. Docker meetups, you know, 
so so and forth or you can you know have a an individual company like cockroach db cockroach Lab, you know or you have an open source project or you have um a project that you're trying to get adoption for so you have to be and that that happens more often than not when you get you know hit up on linkedin it's just like oh can you come and help me build my community and build my developer you know we want to be like win the hearts and minds of all developers and it's like well what what exactly do you mean by that let's actually think about what what type of community is going to meet those goals. So I think you have to be really, really clear and there's there's way more than even just those three. Yeah. I'd like to add to that that I think that there's like certain tiers of like kind of community involvement. There's the creators, there's the uh, connectors, and then there's the crowd. And you want to see how you create this kind of on-ramp like she talked about, like this ladder of how you take people that are from the crowd that are just starting to listen and, and make their way in from noob and even advanced users, but they're just kind of here to listen to get them to be a contributor, to be a creator. Um, and you have to be really, um, you have to be really mindful of that, of how you make those uh, transitions possible. John O'Bacon, who wrote the book on community, likes to call that mean time to hello world. How easy you make it for someone to transition from being in the crowd to being you know, a meaningful kind of participant and, and take a, an active role. And there are so many ways to do that. In open source projects, they'll do things like labeling certain things like a uh, good first pull request or um, good first contribution opportunity and things like that. And that's from the code side, all the way through to other kind of opportunities. Like at DevOps Days, Tel Aviv will always try and bring um, you know, volunteers to start by kind of doing like kind of small things at the event and then they kind of uh, increase their, uh, you know, their participation level and it, based on kind of their tolerance and how much time they have to contribute and other things. Um, and even like kind of making uh, the on-ramp into being uh, even a speaker and things like that really easy. We do things from like c CFP training, how to write a good CFP, all the way through mentoring new and early speakers to make sure that they feel comfortable to get up on the stage. And there are different kind of aspects to being a part of a community, but whatever way you want to contribute meaningfully, there need to be ways to help people kind of make that transition. Mm -hmm. And even when they're really new and don't know how they're getting started, to give them kind of the tools to succeed. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you. No, no, I didn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fight you for the mic. Um, a couple of things there is that, you know, when we when we talk a lot about community involvement, you know, there's a 99-1 rule that you know 90% of the people in your community are just going to be lurkers and and sort of sort of in the background. Then 9% you know are going to be more active, but it's 1% that are really driving a lot of the conversations. But like what you said about the you know the John O'Bacon point about you know how do you get people to that step you know how mm -hmm. can you encourage them and and so in that sense as well how can someone give a talk for an hour if they've never given one for five minutes mm -hmm. and so this is something that I've done with with mentoring and interns that I've worked with I say like look you only have to consume some basic resources write down your doubts find the answers to them and then share what you've learned in a five minute talk so then that way they have identified in their personal brand something they can show like look I was able to do this I created a demo I shared my knowledge. And, and then that way, like I said, it gets them one step closer to being able to, to, to move further. Going back to your point, some people will never want to give a talk because yeah. stage fright, and that's fine. You have to respect that. So meet them halfway. Can you write a post? Can you, can you do, you know, find, find a way to, to channel their, their, their skills into an area that there might, um, that's going to be easier for them. So like I said, these are things that I definitely wish I'd known more about when I started. I waited too long to start reading about John O'Bacon and, and thanks to Lisa's way, but that happened as well. But um, I encourage folks to be proactive. And another thing that I think is really important is, is what kind of feedback do you get? How often are you getting it? You don't need to bombard your communities with surveys every five minutes, but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And, and also going back to underrepresented groups, if 
if it's you know only people that are from a certain background that are that are leading a community it's only natural that they'll probably end up falling into certain tendencies so really getting branching out people from different countries people from different groups that will see things that you won't necessarily see and will help you to be um, more inclusive and have a more robust space yeah no i think that i I think those are amazing points by the way um you know one of the things that that i um that i think about a lot though is is you know really how do you how do you bring people up and and how do you give them that knowledge and to me a lot of it's about think about narrative what are you trying to do you know like 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 don't be afraid to 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 think in the term the way that you're thinking you know i think the best content the best types of ways to contribute are by other people's views and thinking about like how would you think about this problem break it down into different steps and create these narratives and then, and then, you know, take it from your point of view and then showcase that, whether it's a talk, whether it's a video, whether it's creating content, all that stuff is just, you know, think about it simply. And, and, and that, what I, that's what I find really, really helps people. They think they really have to go down these really dark, deep holes mm-hmm. when really, you know, if you're, a new, if you're a newbie in something, write about your experience and whatever it is that you're doing. If you're more advanced, write about something that you're interested in that that's part of an aspect of what you're doing. If you're, you know, and if you're if you're way out, if you're in the, you know, emerging technologies, write about that. You know, everything that that comes from your heart and really, really you care about is what showcases best. So when you're engaging with the community, do the stuff that you love and bring that. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to come out with maybe what is a somewhat unpopular opinion, but I also think that you need to step into that, like. You talked about your Pac-Man hole. You need to step into that group. You need to reach out to people and say, hey, I can contribute. I want to write this. I want to redo the ladder. Because I think a lot of people are saying, oh, gosh, I never get get involved in the community. Well, we're not... We're going to make it you welcoming, but we can't invite everybody. We want you to invite yourself. Come up and talk to any of us because you will find anybody in the community is going to want to talk to you about what you have to offer back. So... Yeah, and one thing that I just have to give my friend Bart over there a huge shout out. Bart built one of the (laughs) biggest communities that we have right now and the most exciting communities, mostly during the pandemic, like almost 100% online. And he did it by making it so fun, by creating creating so much multimedia, so much social media. I mean, all of the the videos, all of the art, having an artist, all the music. I mean, it's so much creativity that went into this community that you built, and you made it so fun. And you also said to your point about just come and speak about whatever it is you want to talk about and you know whatever you have to give so that community wasn't based on one technology I mean it was anchored around Kubernetes and around data on Kubernetes but it wasn't necessarily just about that technology it was about whatever you wanted to come and showcase and you featured users from all over the place mm-hmm. and then you even had fun series he had me on one that um, what was it called the uh, literature the, one yeah talking about literature yeah but it was beyond the um, oh yeah uh, no no the, hmm. Oh my god! Because the first one was on Dungeons. The outer, yeah, the, the outer nerd. Like, the, yeah, outer the outer nerd. nerd. Yeah. He calls me up. He's like, I yeah. want you to be well, on the that. outer nerd, and <laughs> you're going to talk about anything not. You're tech. Like, I'm not going to get and offended by that. Amazing. <laughs> no, I just so all that's, of these creative. Fun and, I, ways. and I love yeah. this new one that he has. The new one on ADHD. Yeah. I think is amazing because I have a son that's that's on the spectrum, and you know, and I I probably I probably am too, and I probably don't even know it, but you know, you know, so so I think that. 
I think that, you know, just being able to enable people and, and to talk about these things is just amazing. And I love that. I agree. And I think there's, there is, well, first of all, thank you, is that I think there are, there are multiple things, you know, with, with what Kim was mentioning is that while we make a significant effort, you know, there is a step that needs to be taken, you know, that people will have to take that step. How you, you know, design once again spaces for people to take that step. But mm -hmm. I think people do need to understand that. And, and in my case, well, reach out, you know, mm -hmm. like the worst thing that can happen is that someone doesn't respond and then you try with somebody else and yeah. it'll probably work. Mm -hmm. Going back to, so to, to Lisa's point and, and also what you were mentioning, Mike, is that with, you know, being, being inclusive, but also I, what I've always heavily emphasized is that if we don't know each other as people and we only know each other as a, a Slack user, our ability to work together, I think is somewhat limited. Mm -hmm. And so I've emphasized very early on, you know, whether it's art or music or films or trying to get people to have other things to talk about apart from, and also once again, we're from different countries. There's so much to learn. There's so much to share. So I always encourage folks in any community, you know, it needs to be original. It needs to be organic and come from the community. But how can you have those water cooler conversations? How can you find out about, you know, different holidays in different mm -hmm. countries? Like how can you learn how to say things in different languages? really try to benefit and design those very human experiences in very technical spaces. And I think a little bit goes a long way. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in that and don't plan on changing. And, and the ADHD awesome. part as well too, is that, you know, we have neurodiversity. So you have, yeah. and people are gonna respond to and, and have to be empathetic about that as well. So that's just for me, like it's, it started as something of, of, of a personal thing because of, of my experience, but then now it's, it's growing in a, in a very nice way where like I, when people, get, you know, because people like you reach out and say, yeah, well, actually, I have a family member, things yeah. like that, opening those conversations. And then we also talk about the technical things, but there's the, I don't know, the glue gets stronger. That's what I'd say. Yeah, there's the human, human element. Yeah. Exactly. When you talk about DE&I, yeah. we don't talk about accessibility nearly enough. Mm -hmm. Like that is sort of the one, you know, I've been pushing the E in DE&I so much, you know, the, the equity part, the accountability. The accessibility is is sort of the last mile that we haven't talked about nearly enough. So I'm encouraging everybody That's awesome. when you do a DEI talk, make sure you talk about accessibility. Yeah. And and one more thing I want to add is like when I talked about those categories of creator, connector, and crowd, there are a lot of people that are a lot. It's a lot easier for them to connect people, and they need to be open to that and be willing to kind of serve as that kind of uh, that go between for people that perhaps are neurodivergent, don't know yeah. how to connect as easily, or just, you know, are uh, introverts, you know, and aren't as capable of, as making those connections. And you need to be really, like, kind of warm and welcoming and, and want people to be, you know, part yeah. of your community. And, and part of that is on, on you and being that person yeah. to, to bring people together and have things be in different languages and have different topics and different skill sets and, and, you know, accommodate all of that so that people can really feel like they're a part of something. Yeah, and, it's, and that's a big thing to do. I mean, it's, it's so hard to try and account for everything. And, and, you know, you can't do it, but you try and you do. And, and you know, you know it's, it's up to other people to say, well, you're not thinking about me, too. And, and mm -hmm. really... You know, it's not because we didn't want to. It's just that you're trying to think about every different scenario and every different. Yeah, you don't know what you don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just points it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was my point. It takes a community to build a community. Yeah. How about that for a soundbite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. And a sticker. Yeah. And, and a know, sticker. Yeah. But, but to go back to tech, you know, it's it's funny because I think about the way I grew up. The way I grew up when I grew up in New York and and we used to go to like the corner grocery store or the corner butcher or whatever and you would know people it was very personal you know they would get to know you it was really really nice you had a real sense of community 
Then this thing called the internet came. And, and as much as I love technology and I'm a technologist, the one bad thing I think that has occurred from technology is this loss of community. You know, because there's, there is so much, you know, people just on their phones, so much people just in, involved in their, whatever they're doing, and they're not really taking the time to connect as, as good anymore. Online communities don't do that for you. They just don't. So, so, you know, it's so important. And, that, and I think that's why, you know, in some respects, you know, people crave these technical communities that you can go to because it's almost like being an answer for all this lack of community that you've, been, that you've had online mm-hmm. for, for all these times. That is such a good point. We don't go to the grocery store anymore, the bookstores. You know, we have everything delivered. It's unbelievable. And I do, too. And I'm the first one to say that. But, you know, it's, I, I yearn for that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of connection that you had when, yeah. when you were younger. Well, I think that's where the meetups are coming back. I think a lot of people are yearning for that in-person connection. Um, one of the great things about online is we could reach people that can't get to some place sure. in, in person. So you still have to, now that we're coming back in person, not forget about this community that we built that is online mm-hmm. and keep that going. And that's why I think it's amazing what, what Bart did um, with the you know during the pandemic and now adding the in-person things in various locations. And I think we're all trying to do that. And I'm, you know, I'm getting calls all the time and when can I come speak at your meetup when can we you know so I think it's coming back yeah. and I think people are looking for it but it's hard when people aren't centrally located anymore mm-hmm. I mean this is going to be the really big challenge that we all have I don't know how you all are thinking about solving that problem we have to go to where they are and maybe do lots more smaller camps around instead of like one big Bay Area meetup where yeah. 200 300 people show up I also think there's something to be said about kind of um the, uh, what I think builds trust and kind of a feeling fosters a feeling of belonging is is when you appreciate the people that take an active role in your community and you're vocal about it and you thank them and you celebrate them and you do all of these things that help, you know, kind of create that even that digital connection. Right. So um, you create this like you foster this community that even if some of the people that I've met in the KubeCon community, I didn't meet them face to face until I went to an event and I hadn't been in an event for years. And I, I, and I already or still felt like they were friends and were family. You know what I mean? And um, that's something that you can do when you really do build these genuine connections, even online, and you make sure that people feel appreciated, feel part of something, feel like they're... Um, and, and I think like uh, Lisa said, Bart really, really does that yeah, very, does very, that well. very well. Uh, he celebrates people, <laughs> and people, people kind of, in a sense, need that. They need to feel like they have, you know, a community to be a part of, and that there, there's a meaningful, mutual purpose. So, well, I even agree. take out the community aspect. My style of management when I'm at, when I'm at work is lift people up, don't bring people down, and 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 try and figure out what they're best at, and then do those things. Yeah, you know, why why have a world where where you're where you're just trying to like you know, make it make everybody miserable, you know, get the best out of people, <laughs> get the best out of people. And, and, you know, they're, they're be on the same level, you know, don't, don't try and, you know, try and collaborate, try and be more collaborative exactly. in that mm-hmm. respect. And I, I've seen Lisa do this also, and I, I haven't been as involved in Kim's communities, but I, I've seen Lisa also, like, when people come and they visit and they happen to be in the Bay Area, that they welcome yeah. them. They say, oh, yes, yeah. you can definitely speak on our stage or you can definitely mm-hmm. pa- participate. And I try to do that in Tel Aviv as well. And when I even see people, I always am inviting them to Tel Aviv. Come to Tel Aviv. Just come to Tel Aviv. And we'll make sure that uh, you feel like you yeah. have your place here. And, and that's a little bit – that's part of it, yeah, making people feel like when if they make the effort to come to your community that they will yeah. be, um, you know, a meaningful part yeah. of it. That's Kim really, helped yeah. build the CNCF community. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, okay. yeah. We're all part of it. <laughs> there we go. Oh my God. Um, yeah, and 
Kim, I didn't want to cut you off, Bart, but I do want to <laughs> ask Kim, you know, what role do you think the foundations do play oh, in geez. these roles with community? Because you did that a lot. You helped connect, yeah. you know, the the marketing community of the CNCF, the, the end user community. Like, you were a connector for a lot of the communities, and you reached out to us that weren't part of the foundation. Yeah, boy, this is... Um, no, I know. Ta talk about a little bit of pressure and putting me on the spot. Hi, CNCF people. Um, you know, I, and actually, this is a big conversation that's been going on. I was at the Kubernetes um, Contributor Summit yesterday and the steering committee really talking about what is the role of CNCF now. And, um, I, you know, I'm almost attributing them at least it's different. I think it's a different organization now than it was when Dan Dan was here and Chris and Dan and I we we were you know leading the, kind of leading this whole community here, and um, and I think I look at them more like an OSPO, and uh, open source program office. There thank you. Go, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, in, in terms of kind of putting together the tools that we need and the. And the processes and the backbone that we can all use to build the community, which kind of comes back to the whole contributor ladder. And what they were talking about with the steering committee is they're saying, hey, we look to CNCF to help us define, you know, define these contributor ladders. Because any one project, oh, there's 190 projects, 150 wow. projects, whatever they announced in the keynote this morning. Amazing. Look at that, how much I remember. But a lot. <laughs> a lot. But they but each project shouldn't have to define how they want to build out their community yeah. or how how you can facilitate and put people up as maintainers, but that CNCF can provide that um, that kind of backbone for people to to go ahead and take and use, which is why as a volunteer to that SIG with Catherine, we're looking at, and I think Noah Abrams is going to come and help as well, on how we can put that process in place from what we've seen as a gap. So um, I don't know what CNCF, what their vision is, but um, that's one of the things that I look to them for at this point with where I am building communities in an organization. That's incredible. I, the, what I essentially meant is that you guys are both ambassadors. I'm actually not an ambassador of the CNCF and I never like kind of had an, a meaningful like mm -hmm. title here, but I felt like an active and meaningful person and welcome person in the community. And that that in itself is, um, is commendable and incredible. Um, I've mostly been in the DevOps Days community and the OpenStack community mm -hmm. and all of those that you, that you know about. But um, but even with that, the fact that I don't have any kind of formal title, I've always felt like a really um, you know res well, respected. Yeah, you are. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you get the formal are. title yeah. after yeah. you've been doing exactly what you've been doing for <laughs> a very long time, and then someone just says, "Why don't you just like join this group of meetings?" Right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, the ambassador. It's a, it's a it's a great program. It's a great way that the CNCF can help us to extend the reach of um, you know how how we can build communities all over the world and it's it's a it's just a way to support us in what we're already doing mm -hmm. um, but you're already doing it that's I mean that's true. the whole point that's right? yeah, you are. You so, are so we only have a very few minutes left um, because we're getting low on time here <laughs> but um, what, what would you leave people with like let's let's just go around go around the table here so we'll start over well, let's start with Bart because okay, I we'll keep, we Bart. keep cutting <laughs> him off I think what and actually what I was gonna say earlier is that the the my first experience when I went to an upstream uh, contributor experience upstream marketing uh, meeting was a, a welcome that I've never received anywhere else. And I'm lucky enough that I've traveled to a lot of places and have experienced a lot of hospitality and generosity. But from the minute zero, I realized like, wow, these folks are insisting on being welcoming. <laughs> and it was from Matt Broberg, <laughs> uh, Kathleen Fields, Chris Short, and, and a few other folks that were there. 
And I'll never forget that. And it was also with, so for me, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to do the same for others. And so I think that start with that. Um, if you start with that, the, the, the very first emotional experience that people are having is one of empathy, respect, and care. The rest will get easy, I think, from there. So yeah. I would say step up and, and go into a community and say, I want to do this. And if it's a welcoming community, and they all agree, you know the community agrees that that's a need then you're going to be able to contribute something that is in your that you're passionate about and that you're good at so you need to step up you need to enter your pac-man circle yeah i, I just want to emphasize that i don't take too much time uh I'm, I'm always happy when people reach out to me like oh i want to take a more meaningful part in devops days or cloud native day or whatever and i say to them yes please tell me what you're interested in so be that person be that person that is welcoming uh when you're in a position for someone uh, mm -hmm. that reaches out to you. And uh, definitely don't be afraid to ask. There's so much to be done. There's so much help that you can uh, contribute. Communities are hard. It's chop wood and carry water. It's really, you have to invest a lot of energy in continuing to make them thrive. And so um, any help is welcome. So please do that. Yeah, and from that energy standpoint, we talk about burnout a lot. And one of the ways I encourage people to uh, avoid that is back to what I said about defining the community that you're trying to build and then defining what metrics you're going to define yourself by because those are the hardest things you you'll have some people be like well you know how come i'm not getting all these leads from this meetup it's like that's not the goal of yeah. this meetup mm -hmm. right or you know maybe your goal is to get more upstream contributors and you have that number maybe your goal is more diversity 25 percent more by next year and you have that number write that down what are you going to measure and it doesn't have to be a big number you know but it can be you know maybe i want five more sponsors because we need to you know up our beer and pizza game like what whatever your goal is figure that out out and then just baby steps and meet those goals and and then you can really try to avoid burnout because you can celebrate those milestones as you as you hit them. Mm -hmm. I think this has been first of all the start of an amazing conversation and I think we should probably do this more often. Yes, but uh, <laughs> part, two. Yeah, part, so, two. <laughs> part two, maybe we'll do an online version of this at some point too because I think this is just you know this is something that's so needed is is to you know not only us talk about it, but also maybe have people call in and say like, okay, well, I felt this way. How do I, you know, what, yeah. what can I do about it? You know, and I think it'd be awesome to like have a two-way conversation about this. And thank you for learning, for teaching me about Pac-Man. You know, because <laughs> Pac-Man was a great game when I was a kid. And, and, and now I've learned I could use it for other things. So I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And and lastly, I think, Bart, you're not giving yourself enough credit for being technical because I think you're way more technical than you let on. We all are. <laughs> we all everybody are. Is. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. It's been so great meeting everybody that I haven't met and everybody that I do know. And this has just been amazing. Thanks, Thanks so much Thank for so having much. us. Thank Thanks, team. Yay. Team community.